0: Welcome to the Rise Method Podcast, where we make fitness information available to everyone. I'm Steve. Let's jump in. What's up, guys? Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Rise Method Podcast. In today's episode, we have our very special guest, our resident human, Laura. Laura, how are we doing today?
1: Good. We're back again.
0: We are back again back. for another another episode. But, Laura, before we start, the people want to know, what is your superpower?
1: Yes. So, last episode, we sidestepped into talking about superpowers. Yes. And you gave yours. Yes. I need to think about it. Yes. And I have decided I would like to stop time or freeze time, pause time. time. Pause time. If that's a superpower. I don't know if that's a superpower or like a, I don't know, something else. Anyway, I would like to be able to just have a minute to think, to sleep, to eat.
0: Mm. Just just have a minute. So it's kind of like your decision on trying to figure out what superpower to have. You need more time. So I if, need you, more time. if you were able to stop time, you would be able to think about what superpower you wanted, which was to stop I've a second time. superpower. Double superpower. Yeah.
1: So that's my superpower. I just need to freeze. I could get a workout in. Mm. I could have a little play on the Rise app and maybe select the new kettlebell workout, mm. which I will be starting tomorrow. Just FYI.
0: Fresh. Mm. Well, hopefully you get into the swing of things. Ah. There's a few. Got nothing. There's a few kettlebell swings on that one. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you'll be all around it. Well, the team, we are going to be talking about perfectionism today and the all or nothing mindset. The all or nothing mindset, uh, the black and white thinking, the idea that, you know, we need to be perfect, we need to get this thing done, we need to be optimal, we need to be right, we need to be 100%, and if not... There's no point doing it. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about how that kind of creeps into the fitness space and why it could be the barrier that's stopping your progress, the reason why you're not getting the gains. Mm. Okay. And to help us understand the all or nothing mindset, it's easier to kind of take our head out of the fitness space and and think about how it applies in our everyday life. And that can help us just to kind of objectively look at it and be like, (laughs) well, That's a little bit silly. Or, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or, okay, that's how it's important or not. Right. So think of yourself as a gardener. Imagine yourself a gardener. You love tending to the plants. You've got the green thumb and you have a little veggie patch in your backyard. Kind of like us. We have a little chili plant down the back, some basil. <laughs> yeah. We've got some strawberries. <laughs> we that act the, like we are gardeners
1: and the, we have a veggie patch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The possums that, that so eat we've got basil, our, our we've strawberries, got yes. strawberries,
1: grapes, Yeah. chilies, lemons. The lemon tree. Yes. Yeah. Anyway,
0: continue. I digress. So imagine you, dear listener, our gardeners for our veggie patch, right? Or you have your own veggie patch and you, you're tending to your veggie patch. You love your veggie patch. And every day you're going out there watering, every day you're making sure there's no weeds there, there's no bugs there. Right. And one day, the weather is really trash. Okay. And example, here in Melbourne the other day, it was super hot. And one of our ferns actually got a little bit cooked in the sun. So, we now have a half-dead fern. Yeah. So, uh, that's another part of our garden.
1: Well, I've brought him back to life, but just anyway. This, well,
0: you've, you've, yeah. you've ruined my punchline here. Oh. Laura. So... <laughs> So, imagine like the sun kind of burnt your plant a little bit, the plant dried out, you couldn't water the plant, it was too hot or maybe, you know, you went away for a few days, went away for the weekend, you couldn't tend to your plant and a possum got to the plant just like a possum got to our, our strawberry plants in the, in the garden. What would you do? What would you do? You love your plants, you've been tending to your garden for a really long time, you want to get it right, you want to get it perfect, you know, you've been reading about plants, you've been reading about strawberries, you've been reading about ferns and, and how to grow grapes and how to grow basil and you know for circumstances that you can't control ruins part of your garden patch so it's not perfect it's not like they do online it's not like they do with your neighbor's house or whatever it is you have two options you can either look at your veggie patch throw your arms in the air and say screw this and rip out all the plants and start again you buy the packets of seeds from bunnings and you plant it all again and start all over again or you bring them back to life you give a little bit of love, a little bit of TLC. You keep on doing the gardening thing. You water your plants, attend you to the plants, and you keep maintaining your plants to your best ability, right? And that's the whole point of being a gardener because you don't necessarily win gardening, right? No. Sure, you know, you can answer competitions. plant competition. Who grows, Some
1: people can. Who grows yeah. the
0: big, biggest garden Garden or the biggest, uh, you know, pumpkin or whatever, or maybe you're a farmer and it's your means of, of life. Sure, okay. But to be a gardener is to be gardening, right? You don't win at gardening. And it's kind of like fitness. You know, to be in fitness is about being healthy. It's to be fit. So, being in fitness is doing fitness. You don't win fitness, right? So, just because something went wrong doesn't mean it's, it's game over, right? To participate in fitness, you've got to participate in fitness, yeah? So, when we're thinking about our approaches to fitness, folks can kind of fall into this kind of thought belief that everything needs to be perfect. Yeah. And we do see it all the time in the challenge. I've seen it a lot with clients that I've helped in the past. And it can manifest in in different ways. Yeah. Laura, let's talk about Pilates.
1: Pilates, yes. Yeah.
0: And and the first example of kind of all or nothing. Because most of us think all or nothing as 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 you know weight loss or, you know, nutrition mm-hmm. are going to be perfect to these types of things. But one way it manifests is inside places like, you know, group fitness classes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you've had folks come to your class and, you know, maybe first time really anxious mm-hmm. doing a applies class. Never done ex- I haven't done exercise in a long time, getting back into it, and i really stressed about this experience. You know, oh, like, what is the exercise? Who are you? Who am I? Where am I? What What's this reform of bed? You know, what, what are these lights, those types of things? Have you experienced people who you know, spending so much time just trying to get, like, the the exercise of the movement perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, for people that don't know, I teach Reformer Pilates. And I – oh, you see it all the time. It's so common. From people that have been coming from a long time, from new faces that want to get it right, their form right, and will spend more time asking questions, looking around the room, watching other people instead of actually just moving – So one of the things I will do in my classes is to get everyone to move. And group fitness classes are only 50 minutes long or about that. My class is about 50 minutes long. So we don't have forever in one exercise. So I get everyone moving and then generally get everyone to add some progressions, regressions as well, injuries, modifications, and then just start to go around and tweak everyone's movement or form. It doesn't have to be perfect. As long as you're not going to injure yourself and the person next to you, you're still moving. You're still exercising. You're still moving, and well, that's better than not. But it's very common in the fitness industry. It's common through, well, oh, every every industry. People are people are perfectionists. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to to be. But I think the best thing in a fitness aspect is to just keep swimming.
0: Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah. yeah. Just be like Dory, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, when I have folks send me videos of themselves training on the rise, but app. They would be doing the exercise, and then halfway through the exercise, they'll kind of turn their head to look at, like, the mirror or the camera to kind of, like, make sure that they're getting, like, the exercise right. And sometimes just the act of trying to be perfect or testing if you're perfect kind of ruins it a little bit, you know. You might be doing a really great squat or, you know, a really great scooter on a reformer bed or, you know, insert your favourite exercise – But for you to check if it's, quote, perfect, whatever that means with with exercise or correct or optimal, again, whatever that means in exercise, you know, bodies are all different shapes and sizes, how I squat is going to be different to how you squat and such. So, the act of, you know, turning your head and looking at the camera or looking at the mirror just changes the approach to it and then kind of ruins it. Instead of doing the best squat you possibly can, you're now doing the best squat you think you could do while you're trying to think about something else and then now you're doing a bit of a half-ass squat, right? So, sometimes when we're in this position of over-analyzing, we kind of go through this kind of like analysis paralysis. We don't do anything, so we don't do the thing, yeah? It's very similar to, you know, starting a business. I mean, you know, if we take, if we think about it from an outside perspective and break the fourth wall a little bit, when we think about like the Rise business, yeah, (laughs) you know, we are trying to promote the business and to help people find what we're doing so that they can help themselves and 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 lose weight and build muscle and feel confident in their body and feel strong and have capacity so there's times where you know we have ideas oh like let's let's try this program let's do this program what about this what about that and sometimes trying to make it the perfect best thing we possibly can leads to no decision being made right and then it it ruins the process that we go through yeah so part of the part of the action will be to make sure that it's at a proficiency level that it's good and then the second part is actually committing and executing it so when we're looking at fitness yeah you know we still need to do a squat where we're going through a benchmark we're moving through the ankle knees and hips we're doing something that looks like a squat But if you're sitting there, um, you know, analyzing every angle and joint and position and, oh, is my back harsh? Is this okay? Is that okay? That over-analysis will hinder your ability to do the squat and then also decrease the the motivation to do it again because you're super stressed about getting it right. So, you're less likely to do it. Whereas if you have a really low bar to actually do the activity, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I go and do it. You know, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I'm doing it. And those reps is what makes it good rather than over-analyzing and trying to get it perfect at the start.
1: Having said that, there are or there is a lot of fear around injuries. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're lifting or squatting a heavy load, you may have, you know, read years ago or someone's sister's cousin's best friend told you that you're going to pop a disc or roll your ankle or you're going to need a hip replacement. So, there's fear around that. Mm -hmm. I'm not the osteo here. Obviously, there are, as you said, benchmarks to to meet when you're doing an exercise or anything. But at the end of the day, you're moving. You're not that fragile Mm -hmm. your body is not that fragile your spine is not that fragile yeah
0: yeah you know talking about that fear that's often something that is uh you know what's what's the saying an an inch deep and a mile wide a mile wide where you know you're super fearful of that exercise oh is it perfect it's perfect i need to get it right before i do it because of x y and z fear but you probably find that your body is quite strong and robust and in the clinic i often bring up analogies let's say in the lower body where people would be scared to load their knee or their hip because of a previous injury, and load. What I mean by load is weight. They're scared to add weight, so they might go on the the knee extension machine. You know, sit down and just straighten your knee, and they put like five kilos mm. on the machine. Like, oh, I'm scared, you know. And
1: that's and fair. That's fair. That's that's fair. fair. No one wants to be in pain or when to re- repeat.
0: Yeah, but then when you think about load that goes through the body, like when you're walking, it's something like four or five times your body weight going through each leg. Yeah. Well, when you're running, it's someone was, was of like eight to nine times your body weight of load going through each leg. So for that individuals who walk to the gym, like from the car to inside the gym to use a leg extension machine, they would be putting, you know, five times their body weight through one leg. So for me, about hundred kilos, that's like 500 kilos of force going through my leg. And then I'm worried and use the, the five kilo load on a leg extension. So highlighting these things, you know, really breaks down that fear and going, well, okay, are you over obsessing? over your technique in your form, which is causing that fear. Yeah. And another side analogy, and you could do this with me right now, is when we're talking about things like back pain, mm-hmm. right? Often folks have a big fear of movement and they're over obsession with trying to get their movement perfect because they're worried that they're going to, you know, slip a disc or or break their back or whatever they start to do. So the spine is meant to be really flexible. Yeah. yeah? Kind of like your wrist. So if you hold your wrist up now and you kind of move your wrist around, you can feel how it's, you know, nice and loose. Yeah. But then if you held your wrist there and then made a big fist in your in your wrist and really squeeze that fist as hard as you can, you know, your forearms are squeezing and you're squeezing that wrist like you're trying to crush a, a ball in your hand, try to hold that that fist and then try to move your wrist around and you'll find that it's painful to move the wrists around and a similar thing happens like in the spine so an injury happens we have a bit of fear in the body where we're worried to move we might have that bit of obsession of being perfect with movement so then as soon so we're constantly like squeezing our fist or squeezing our spine and then as soon as we do any sort of movement we go. Like, oh, 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 oh. Right. When it might be better to go, hey, let's just relax. You find that your spine is really mobile, your wrist is really mobile, and we can actually start making progress in your experience with pain and the function that you have in your body. Right. So how does these how do these things kind of creep themselves into fitness? Yeah. <clears throat> and the first thing to appreciate is when we're going through a a weight loss journey or fitness journey, we are dealing with the physiology of the body. We're often talking about the physical side of things, but weight loss has lots of Deep emotional connections to it.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: It's strong emotional response we have when we're we're looking at our, our ourselves in the mirror. We're judging ourselves. We're really being really critical of the way we we look and how we feel. Often with, you know, health kind of things thrown in there and challenges socially and element. It's very complicated and very emotional. Yep. So when we start the waste weight loss journey, we want to make sure we do it right. You know, we might have tried it over and over and over again and months and, and years of, of trying and we just might think ah oh, it's just it's not working for me because i'm not doing it right so we have this obsession where it's like well i need to be 100 percent perfect or i'm not going to get these results i'm not going to, to to get there right so what happens is we create unrealistic expectations so we might say oh yeah i i want to train seven days a week for an hour every day and then I want to get 20,000 steps a day. So, I know that 10,000 steps is what, what we should be getting, but I want to double that, you know, because I want the results, yeah. And then, you know, you only choose to eat foods that are like super low carb, that have like no sugar, um, that have, that is quote, clean food, whatever that means, you decide to only eat lettuce um, and you want to make sure that you only eat 800 calories. Why? Well, you know, I calculated that I need 1,600 calories, so I'm going to cut that in half, I need 800 calories and that's good. I'm going to get my goals. So, you set these really unrealistic goals and have these really unrealistic expectations of yourself. So, what happens? You don't know I meet, mean? mm-hmm. Right? It's super unrealistic. You're not going to train seven days a week. You're not going to eat 800 calories or go from, you know, 3,000 calories to 800 calories a day. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Right? So, eventually, you slip up. You can't maintain the strategy that you have so you have a food that you know has a carb in it or have a food that has a sugar has a piece of sugar in it or um you ha- have a, have a drink or a slice of cake or you you skip a meal or you skip a workout or something happens and it's not part of the plan you go through a cycle of guilt mm-hmm. you go through a cycle of shame you go through this emotional response thinking oh i'm not good enough i'm not worthy of this it's not something that i'm you know capable of and then you say well it's not for me So, you go deeper into despair, you know, you go through binge eating episodes, you don't exercise again, you start going through the pain of, you know, gaining weight and go through that cycle again, and then you go all the way back to the start. You go, well, I need to do something about this, you go all in, set down in unrealistic expectations, you go through that cycle, eventually you make a a quote slip up, and then you go through that same cycle of guilt and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat for, you know, years and then decades and decades, right? It sucks. It does. It's not cool. And I think lots of us can relate to some of this because we want to get it right. Yeah. We want to make sure that, you know, we're getting these the results um, where we're sick and we're tired of the way we we look and how we feel and we want to get this thing done.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you want to get it done quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we know realistically that it's probably taken years for you to get there. So, realistically, it might take a bit of time for you to get get out of there. But I totally appreciate it. I want results now. It's like, hey man, like, what's the point of doing this thing? It's hard for, for 12 months, 24 months when you know, I want, I want the result now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> we spoke a little bit of how this looks in the fitness space. And I want to talk about a few other ideas of how this, how this looks, because you might be in the all or nothing mindset, thinking very black and white about your fitness journey when, when you might not actually know about it. Okay. So firstly, talking about nutrition side of things. And this is kind of where it really divulges itself, where we, Use the terms like, oh, I want to be 100%. I want to be perfect. And make, you know, unrealistic rules for ourselves where we say, oh, I don't eat after X time or I don't eat this macronutrient or I don't eat this type of food, right? So, we set these unrealistic expectations. And if we break those expectations, that's it. Throw in the towel. We're done. It's over. Game over, right? And really, when we're looking at nutrition side of things, there is so much flexibility in how we can approach nutrition, especially for weight loss. And here's the thing that that is both liberating and sucks a lot. Yeah. Gives us freedom and despair at the same time. When it comes to nutrition, we can't ever be perfect. No. We can't ever be perfect. And it is errors on errors on errors. And it's a little bit of this beautiful, messy thing when we think about nutrition. For example... You might claim that you eat two thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. We have data and science and literature that looked at dietitians who are jo- their job is to to track food and to look at databases and to know the quantities of foods. And from this literature, we can see that dietitians get nutrition tracking wrong all the time, upwards of fifty percent wrong from the way that they track. Yeah. That's one part of it, how we're actually recording our food. And a lot of us suck at tracking it. Oh, is this 100 grams of cooked? Is it uncooked? Did I cook it the whole way? Is it measured correctly? Did I measure the packaging? Did I not measure the packaging? Did I measure the banana with the skin on, skin off? What what do I do? So we track the foods incorrectly, the first part of it. The second part of nutrition is that the database that actually comes from might be incorrect right so you might be recording a banana and one database might say that it's x calories and another database it's y calories which one is correct i don't know it's slightly different data so when we look at bananas in in a whole it's you know the average of that is we could say oh it's roughly this many calories so first we're getting the actual way that we record the food wrong then the actual recording data incorrect Mm -hmm. right then we can go even deeper with nutrition Taking the banana as an example, the different ripeness of the banana changes the nutritional content of that banana. The difference in when and how we eat that banana changes the way that we absorb the banana and then the calories that we actually get from that banana so if you mash the banana versus if it's a um, really ripe banana you turn it into a, a muffin for example or if you are really dehydrated when you eat the food or really hydrated when you eat the food or an empty stomach or a full stomach it all changes the way that we absorb those calories so you might say oh yeah i'm having 100 grams of banana because that's how i weighed the banana with the skin on and everything and what actually happens at the very end is you might only absorb you know 80 grams of that banana, and that might equate to you know, X amount of calories, right? So, when it, when we look at that objectively, we go, well, you know, it's an error we're recording, an error with data, or an error with absorption of that food stacked on all these other errors. It's even worse with, with labels. Labels can be incorrect, by up to 20% mm. from the actual food supplier, yeah, yeah. right? So, it's error on error on error. So, you can't be confident anyway. So, if you're stressing over, being like, oh, I'm going to eat 2,000 calories on the dot, <laughs> You might not be. Probably not. You're probably yeah. not. There's a extremely high can't, chance that you're not. And even then, to get to two thousand calories on the dot is near impossible, right? Because the the way that food composition stacks onto each other, you're more likely to get in between a range. You know, maybe nineteen hundred to to twenty one hundred mm-hmm. calories, rather than two thousand on the dots. So it's better to look at it as a range rather than to be perfect. So, you're probably better off looking at nutrition of trying to be in the ballpark of nutrition rather than trying to be in the bullseye of nutrition. You know, imagine like you're throwing a dart. Hey, if you hit the dartboard, you're winning. But you don't need to be focusing on hitting the actual like bullseye, right? So, that's where on our app, we look at a 20% margin. So, we're looking at being twenty within 20% of your calorie goal and 20% of your macro goal because it's realistic. Because we know that we can't ever be perfect, even if you're trying to be perfect you're probably not measuring it right, you're probably not using the correct data from it, you're probably not absorbing it right way, there's no point stressing about it. So, it's in one way giving us freedom, but on the other side, it's also, well, what's the point of this, right? the point is, you know, we need to have some sort of target, right? If you're trying to save up for a house, you need to make sure that you're actually getting within the ballpark of saving money. You can't just throw money at the wall and hopefully
1: it sticks. Yeah, right? no, you're working towards something. So, what is your something?
0: Exactly. So, we need to be within that that range. You need to be getting close to it. You need to hit the dartboard. So, the best thing we could do is try to be as accurate as we can. And the best way to do that is to look at statistics. Remember when you go to uni, you want at uni and you do a statistics course. Oh, yeah. that? You love I that, that one. one. Yeah. When we look at like averages over time, if we're consistently doing the same thing over and over again, then we can have a better prediction of the result, right? So if you are having the same meal every single day regardless of what the calories is is uh, I don't know what you're about, is are uh, whatever the calories are you know it could be 2087 calories you might think it's 2000 it's actually 2087 it doesn't matter you can just call it x you're having the same meals every single day so you can consistently say i'm having x calories i think it's 2000 but it's really 2087 it doesn't matter because you're consistently slightly incorrect yeah so, the point is, you can't ever be perfect, even if you want it to be.
1: You can be consistently incorrect. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: And, you know, if you imagine, like, you have, uh, you know, have you ever gone to, like, a, a rifle range or, like, an archery range or something like that?
1: Absolutely not. Oh, archery, maybe. Archery,
0: maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, like, the, the bow, like, the actual, like, scope might be slightly calibrated differently, to, like, your eyesight. Yeah. So, like, okay. when you release the bow or if you release the rifle, like, you might find that even if you're aiming directly at the target, the bow kind of skews to, like, the right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's sometimes that. And that's usually just recalibration, maybe your eyesight, that type of thing. So, what you can do is you can either recalibrate the scope or you just know that it's going to s- skew to the right slightly so that you just adjust your angle slightly to the left so that you can account for the slight right bend so that you're consistently incorrect in your scope, but then you're more accurate. All right? Following me? I'm following. You're following. Okay. So, the point is, we can't ever be perfect and we're just wasting energy and wasting mental capacity and trying to be perfect when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. When we're looking at weight loss, it's very broad. We go, hey, all you need to do on paper is just to consume fewer calories than you expend. You don't need to be focusing on macros. You don't need to be focusing on sugar. You don't need to be focusing on salt. You don't need to be focusing on clean foods or processed. process. Well, it doesn't matter. It's all that calories. Of course, you're going to feel better if you had more whole foods, more fruits and vegetables, probably be healthier if you uh, didn't consume lots of sugar and didn't consume lots of salt, right? We we, we know these things. But when it comes to weight loss, it's all about, you know, calories in, calories out. It's all about the energy balance, yeah. The other way that our all-or-nothing mindset can manifest itself into the fitness space, talking a bit more about training, is that we try so hard to get the training program perfect. Right, the perfect exercise, perfect number of sets, perfect number of reps, perfect number of weights, the perfect technique. What ten- then happens is that we, you know, obsess over watching videos of ourselves train. We obsess over our program and we program hot, yeah. which means that yeah. we start a program in in one week mm-hmm. and then the second week we do a different program, different program, different program, and we have a few culprits in the Rise Method right now where they would do. You know, a week of the build program, then a week of the shape program, and then a week of the unique new new program currently out now, or a week of the kettlebell program that's that just got released, or maybe a few sweat workouts thrown in one week, no sweat workouts the next weekend. And so we're constantly throwing things around. And I'm
1: guilty. Yeah. I'm 100% happens. guilty with
0: that. It happens. And the problem with that is to actually get results in a training program, we need to have some consistency. Yeah. Right. We need to be in a position where we're applying the same stimulus over time so that we can adapt to that stimulus. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, back to our garden analogy. We have a few different plants in our veggie patch, but imagine if we have a very red, right? Movie. Imagine if we want one week, we wanted chilies, which we do, but the next week we wanted to add another fruit in there, an apple tree. So we decided to rip out the chilies and put it in the apple tree. And then what we do with chilies, we need to relocate to another part of the garden, which has been done before. <laughs> uh, and then the, the next week, we decide to take out the, the apple tree to replace it with a banana tree because we thought there was going to be sunlight in Melbourne. I still uh, think
1: the banana tree is a great idea.
0: No, that's a horrible idea. So, that stays at Bunnings. And then we rinse and repeat every week. We're changing a different plant, a different plant. And what happens is we don't grow any plants. And it's the same with our training. So, if we have hopping every single week, you know, we get a new program. Sure, it's fun and exciting, but we don't grow any plants. We don't grow any muscle. We don't see any adaptation. We don't improve our fitness. So, the best thing to do is actually stay consistent with the plan, right? But your obsession with making it perfect stops us from seeing results. Your obsession with making the perfect veggie garden stops you from actually getting any plants, right? Your obsession with the perfect program is stopping you from seeing progress. The final way that's our all or nothing mindset can can creep into fitness is when we 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 try so hard to make it perfect, but as soon as we have a a stuck up, we just kind of throw everything out the window. And then we want to reset. Kind of like when we say, oh, I'll start again on Monday. Or this day's ruined. I might as well just you know have to make the most of it. So next great.
1: month's my month.
0: Next month's my month. All right. So for example, you know, on one particular day you you you're at work and they bring out cake because it's so and so's birthday. And you have a slice of cake and you think, ah, oh, well, that's it. I guess this day's ruined. I might as well go out for lunch and I might as well go out for afternoon tea and then go out for dinner and then have dessert because the day's ruined. I'll start again fresh tomorrow. What you could have done is just had the cake and then, you know, continued on with your lunch and your, your afternoon snack, your dinner and, and, and away you go. Or if you miss a workout, so you've done your Monday session, your, your workout, but you miss it out on your Wednesday session and you go, well, this week's ruined. I had no point doing the Friday session or the Saturday session. I'm going to start again fresh on Monday right and you repeat that over and over again week on week on week on week and you don't see any progress right when probably better just to okay i missed the monday session oh, i missed the wednesday session i'm just going to do that on the thursday or i'm just going to skip that workout all, t- all together and then keep going on the on the friday session right so it's a better way to approach it yeah and we we know this as we're on the outside but once we're on the inside we can see how that kind of manifests and, and grows yeah 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 now sometimes Here's a bit of the kicker, where sometimes our obsession with making it perfect, our obsession with the all or nothing mindset is masking something. And that masking something is masking the challenge that's in front of us. We know the fitness is hard. Mm. And when we hit the wall of, ah, oh, geez, this is difficult, we have a few things we can do. We can give up or we can spend more time trying to make it optimal. We spend more time trying to make it perfect and we procrastinate. We go, well, ah, it's too difficult. There must be a better way to make it, make it better. You know, this exercise is, is, is too hard. You know, training heavy is too hard. Um, you know, dieting is too hard. There must be a better way. So we go through this past bit of procrastination. We go, well, there must be a better way. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to figure it out and try to be perfect with it. And that perfection pursuit is just procrastinating from the work that needs to get done. And perfection comes from doing the reps. Perfection comes from the volume that you do. So it's not about thinking about doing the squat. It's about doing the squat that makes it perfect. So that's something that we need to confront where sometimes it's all procrastinating. Sometimes it's our mental barrier that's stopping our progress because we want to be perfect. You don't want to be all in. We want to get the results, but we also have hit the wall of the first challenge that we face and we just need to work on overcoming that wall, w- wall and that comes through the work, comes through the effort, comes through the grind of fitness. And because fitness isn't easy. Fitness is hard. Fitness is that constant pushing of the barrier, which for a lot of folks is, is, is too much.
1: Fitness right? is fitting it into your lifestyle.
0: Fitting it into your lifestyle.
1: Should get that on a t-shirt.
0: Get that on a t-shirt. Fitting it into F- your lifestyle. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, look, Laura, let's try to wrap it up by talking about how we're going to overcome this whole and nothing mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the first step should be to review your goals and review your expectations. Yeah. So, if someone comes to applies class and, you know, they want to get perfect on day one, they've seen some people on Instagram doing some funky flows, they want to get it perfect, they want to get it right, They want to make sure that, you know, they're not going to hurt themselves, they want to have the the elegant look, and they want to make sure the springs are right, the bed's right, you're right, I'm right, the light's are right, all the things. What are you going to tell that person on day one about their expectations if they want to be, you know, a superstar, be able to do the elephant and the snake on day one, and they've never even seen a reformer bed?
1: Well, firstly, it's not Instagram, (laughs) is usually what I say. (laughs) It's not Instagram, this is reality. Secondly, the first class, we usually... I usually explain to all my clients that it is a very overwhelming session. The main thing to take away from your first class is to understand the reformer. Basics. Understand what you're working with and we'll go from there. Mm. You can progress from there. If you're feeling a bit stronger, whatever in the next class, stick to the basics for the first one. Understand what you're working with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's about creating a benchmark first. Yeah. A foundation, a baseline, and then building onto it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect when it comes to just fitness as a whole. Instead of committing and saying, well, I want to do seven workouts a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
1: Who time for that for one?
0: Exactly. Plus get my, you know, 10,000 steps in every day. Jeez, it's a big commitment.
1: Yeah.
0: What would be a better expectation is if you say, hey, I want to train once this week. You set yeah. the bar disgustingly low, Yeah. right? So it's almost impossible to not reach that goal. Mm. If that's your expectation, I want to work out once this week. And once you hit that once this week, mm-hmm. you're going to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I hit my goal this week. Yeah. I'm going to do it again next week. Yeah. Right. So you hit your goal next week as well. You need to do one session a week. Oh, this is easy. Right. And then from there, you might progress. Oh, I'm going to do two workouts a week. So you do two works a week. This is amazing. I'm kicking goals. You might progress to three. Well, it's going to be hard. You know, the kids are sick, gotta fit in work, gotta fit in life, gotta clean the house. All right. Maybe three workouts too much right now. I'm gonna stick to two. I nailed that goal. So you stick to two. You do two workouts for a month, two months, three months, six months, yeah. Great. You're starting to see progress from your two workouts a week, which is enough to start to see some sort of strength gains and and skill gains and feeling confident in yourself. And then you retackle that third workout. You oh, I wanna find a way to make add that in. So we we're building up over time. That's a better way to look at it, rather than kind of going all all in yeah now the other part of it is to look at it instead of trying to be perfect is to consider focusing on progress yes yeah, so instead of being perfect let's think about focusing on progress and progressing where you are mm-hmm. because firstly you're never gonna be perfect no right? no no and i'm gonna use example of 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 training right i constantly film myself. Um, And I constantly reflect on my technique as a way to improve the execution of the movement. Most of those videos don't end up on Instagram or anybody else, just me. I often delete those videos. But sometimes I look back at videos from, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago, you know, two years ago, and I watch my videos of me training. And at the time I thought I was great. Thought at the time I was I was, you know, excellent and and proficient. But I look back now and almost like cringe a little bit like, oh geez, that's how I used to squat or deadlift or bench press or whatever I was doing. So, I know that I've made progress over time whereas at, at the moment I thought it was perfect but through growth, I've been able to realize that wasn't perfect and even now I'm not perfect because I'm constantly looking at ways to, to get better. So, it's focusing on the progression. When we think about technique, execution and i was speaking to a few students last night in in my, my cert 3 course and i'm teaching in fitness where we're talking about exercise execution and you know what would be the best technique for it was a bench press that we were doing and what i was explaining to them was that as we get stronger and more skilled at the bench press we need to use a more uh, optimal technique so that we can lift more weights, right? We need to use a more efficient technique so that we are stronger. And that can come with, you know, some manual technique adjustments or you could just focus on progressing the weight over time and your body needs to figure out where to place the shoulders, the elbows and the push and the synchronization of the bench press so that you can lift optimally. Because if you didn't lift optimally, you won't be able to, you know, bench press 100, 150 kilos, right? So, One way to get better at technique is to not worry about technique. It's just to do the reps, is to get stronger over time because your body will figure out, you know, it will regress to the mean and get, quote, optimal or more efficient over time. So, instead of focusing about being perfect, focus about progressing and through that progression, you'll find perfection.
1: Beautiful. Love it. Another T-shirt. Perfection
0: in progression. Mm. Ooh. Here we go. So, Laura. We get ready to wrap up there. Yep. Do you have any closing thoughts, ideas, opinions about what we're talking about today?
1: Gardener Steve. Gardener Steve. Can we get a banana plant?
0: No. Okay. If we moved to a sunny place, Sunshine State.
1: Sunshine State. I don't think
0: so. Is that what they call Queensland, Sunshine State? I hate the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bananas need sunshine to grow, so no, we're not getting bananas here. No. house. Well, anyway. anyway, I digress. So, no bananas happening here, but we are still gardening because our just like basil, goodness,
1: chilies, strawberries, and grapes need to grow.
0: They do. They have a great time. <laughs> On that note, it's up there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rise Method podcast, and we'll catch you in the next one.
1: Bye.